What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Builders Project Podcast. This is episode two, um, and it's crazy to think that I finally got off episode one. For those of you that have been sticking around and are sticking around for the long run, so am I. This is something that God's been in my heart for a long time, and uh, the the message of of last last week um, or two weeks ago was was really this: just start it, just 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 start it. <laughs> it's so easy to give excuses, to give reasons why you shouldn't do it, why you should wait, why it should be this or be that. But I promise you this: if God puts something on your heart, start the process now, because whenever the time is about to begin you're ready for it rather than just trying to figure everything out and so it's it's been a long process god put this in my heart almost about a year ago it's funny i was actually convicted about it man this is back in in may uh may i had a buddy actually no yeah back in may and then a year and a almost about two years ago now i left my last uh secular job uh, for those of you that don't know, I am a pastor at a church here, a relevant church in Ybor City. But that is uh, that was a big step for me. And I, one of my buddies that I had worked with reached out to me, and it was weird because I was at home just minding my own business. I get a random text message. He was just reaching out to say hello, to see how I was doing. And, of course, we kind of bantered back and forth just having normal conversation. And he says this to me. He says, hey, man. Did you start your podcast yet? And when I say talk about being convicted, talk about being confronted with the reality of this is something that I said that I was supposed to do, but yet I hadn't and I have not. And it pained me to be able to reply to that text message and say, nah, man. And the truth was, I kind of just gave a bunch of excuses. Um, and if you guys hear a train in the background, that's because there's a train that goes by once every, like, three hours. And whenever you want to do anything important, the train usually goes by. <laughs> but no, I, I just remembered feeling this overwhelming conviction of, like, I need to do this. And so that's when I started the process of, of even though I wasn't ready to start the podcast, I knew I was ready to start preparing for it. And so I did. I got started getting all the equipment, started doing all the research. All of these different things that needed to be done before it began. And yeah, there there came episode one. And th- this podcast, it will never be scripted. This will always be a full-on conversation. There's not going to be a bunch of cuts unless like a short video or whatever. This is just going to be me speaking through uh, these different episodes. And so last week, we really started to dive in on terms of like what is the Builders Project. And the the whole idea of it is that um, we are a building, all of us here. You are a building, and something or someone is building your life on someone or something. So the, basically there's three questions that we addressed last week, which is what tools are you using to build your house? What is your house looking like as a result of those tools? And then the third question is, and that's what we're going to be diving in today, is what is it being built on? Because here's what I know. You could be using solid tools, seemingly solid tools, and your house on the surface might seem like it looks good from an outside perspective. 
But when you start digging into the foundation, which is what ultimately, that's what ultimately sustains the house. We talked about it sustains the one-story house and the five-story. I'll never forget. I remember this was uh, so tragic. I want to say a year or two ago, this is recorded in uh, the beginning of 2023. But I remember there was a building in Miami. I wish I can get the exact date, but there was basically a few different complexes that were close to each other. The foundation of the condo complex was built on basically weak ground. It was unsolidified ground. And what had happened is over time, this was came out in the reports that there was wear and tear under in the underground parking garage, which showed that there was deterioration. And so over a period of time, what ended up coming to reality was the building ended up collapsing and a large amount of people were killed. It was a tragic, tragic story because here these people are living and they were beautiful condos in a phenomenal location. I mean, it's right on the water. I mean, these some of these condos were beautifully renovated. People were living in luxury. People were living in, from a surface-level perspective, the best life that they could. But what ended up happening was, even though it came out, there were prior reports from people stating, yo, like, the place that you're living in is kind of starting to deteriorate. And over time, that's what ended up coming to be, and I just, that always stuck out to me, and even thinking now, like, none of this thing, I wasn't planning on saying all this, but just, that just got brought to my remembrance, I'll give glory to the Holy Spirit for that one, but I just remember that story thinking, these people are living, like, just think about it, like, imagine being in their shoes, especially for, if someone, if you're retired, a lot of people that retire move to Florida, you live in a you know, tax-exempt state, go Florida, we ain't got no state tax. But you're living the best life, seemingly. But little do you know that if you just peel back the curtain, if you just begin to look at the foundation on what your life is being built on, it all begins to crumble away. And even though you might be 10 stories high, the result of a weak foundation is a crumbling life. And, and that is something that I, I know all too familiar. And, and here's, last episode I, I talked about this whole idea of how, it's an airplane or a helicopter. There's just animals and helicopters and trains and airplanes and everything you know it's just the nature of <laughs> where i'm at if you didn't hear that then you have no idea what i'm talking about but i promise you a helicopter just went over my head just now um and also i just lost my train of thought but what oh last week we talked about how really this podcast is for everybody um but i also didn't i made it very clear that i am a follower of jesus and so this this episode is really going to break down why this why this podcast is for everybody believer or not because we're going to be addressing the 
foundational question, which is the foundation. Um, even though that might be question three, it really is question one, which is before you start building your house, before you start coming up with all these architectural plans, all the the, the painting, and the, I mean, think about it, like when you're building a house. I'm not an architect. I'm not a. <laughs> I'm not a. Uh, a master construction builder like that's not my thing <laughs> although I, I sometimes I wish I could um, I just got a random thought just now too which I, I kind of want to bring up later but like at the end of the day we all like the idea of what is the house going to look like what is the painting going to look like what is the the kitchen floor plan going to look like? Is it going to be open floor plan? Is it going to be a loft style? Is there going to be a, a just a maximize the amount of rooms because you have a lot of people living there? Is there going to be an outside pool? Is there going to be a wine cellar? Is there going to be a movie room? Uh, whatever that's going to look like. And we have all these different ideas as to what the house should look like based off the functionality of it and the purpose behind it but unless we build out the foundation first it's all useless and that is something that i kind of shared in that beginning story is like at the end of the day man like you can man or woman whoever's listening you can have all these ideas as to what your house is supposed to look like but but hear me clearly unless you begin to recognize what it is what it is being built on it will all crumble at some point if that something or someone is not solidified, is not solid, cannot bear the weight, and is not built upon something that is shifting and sinking. And that's what I kind of want to address even um, in this conversation here is it begins in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And for those of you that don't know, the book of 1 Corinthians is written by the Apostle Paul. He was addressing a church called Corinth, and they had a bunch of issues. <laughs> Paul ended up planting this church but did not leave them high and dry. And so he's writing a letter to address a bunch of these concerns and questions that people were having, rumors that he heard. He's just addressing problems in the church. And one of the main problems he's addressing is what does it mean to be a quote-unquote spiritual person? And even more so, what does it mean to build strong foundations and to really build a solidified life? And so I want to uh, start here in verse 9. Um, I have my physical copy. If you see me reading down here, it is a legitimate Bible. I'm a, I'm a firm believer. This is probably heretical, but uh, <laughs> there's, there's a... <laughs> There's a big, better chance of being saved if you have a physical Bible. Probably not true, but I'm just going to still believe it because it makes me feel better about having a physical. I don't know, like it, it, uh, I don't know. There's something about having a physical copy, even though I might not even, I might open up once or twice if I'm at like a church listening to a service. There's something about it. I don't know. Have a, if you don't have a physical copy, I highly encourage you. I'm not saying don't read. If you read like the Bible on the Bible app or whatever, do your thing. There's just something about having a physical copy. Um, it just means something. It just means something. So anyways, uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9, um, and uh, I'm reading in chapter 2. Chapter 9. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's 
building. So, so Paul is addressing that he is a fellow worker. He is somebody that is, is someone who is working for God. But essentially you, that is you who I am speaking to, you are God's field. You are God's building. Like you are ultimately being created. You were created by God, whether you believe in God or not. You are a created being. You were knitted in your mother's womb. Like that is who you are. That is what everybody is made in the image of God. And like that is like really what Paul is talking about and addressing here. He wants you to recognize who you are. And now in context, because I don't want to stay away from context here, Paul is, is in a in this specific passage, is addressing the local church, that, that the building is the local church body. God, uh, God is building up the local church body. But, but as we all know, the body has many different parts. And so even though the context is addressing the local church, I still think that applies to the believer in a sense because you all believers make up the church body. So like that, I, I want to bring that up. He continues on in verse 10, according to the grace of God given to me, the grace of God, this is the grace that God has given Paul, all the giftings, talents, and the empowerment, and really the the perfect timing that Paul came into existence, because, you know, it's interesting to think from a a standpoint that um, Paul could have been the perfect person at the wrong time. Like, Paul was the perfect person to plant these churches but yet, if God did not sovereignly put the Apostle Paul in this specific time and place, it would have been all useless. So Paul recognizes that it's through the grace of God that he is even in this moment, even in this time, even addressing these people, even being a part of the project that God is doing in this place. So he says, according to the grace of God in verse 10, given to me, like a skilled, some translations say wise, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. So he's recognizing, hey, I laid the foundation, the groundwork, but somebody else is building upon that. And so Paul is saying here that I laid the foundation. And so as everyone would want to know, like, what is that? What is the foundation that Paul laid that we should all look upon and say, hey, like maybe I should maybe I should follow this? Because obviously, whether you believe it or not, Christianity is the number one religion in the entire world. Jesus is the most famous person in the entire world. Like that's just facts. It's just facts. Secular or not, Jesus is the most famous person. And so Obviously, the foundation that Paul is talking about here seemed to have last centuries and centuries of persecution, of hardships, of travel, of technology. It's still here. So for me, I'm asking the question, what is the foundation? And But he continues on in verse 10. He says, let each one of you take care how he builds upon it. So yet again, there is a responsibility We are God's building, but there's also a responsibility of recognizing, like, what or who or how are you building upon it? So we talked about earlier, one of the first questions was, what are the principles and practices are you living by? 
And and I think that is really a part of what we're talking about here, which is like, hey, like, I, I get you're building a house, but what are you using to build it? What what are you using to, to build upon it? Um, and so Paul's saying, take care. Because, okay, we all know people, myself included, that have built their life with the wrong things and on the wrong things, and life did not pan out the way that they wanted it to. Like, that is something that I can attest to you. I'm try- There's so much to my story that I could share with this. Um, but let me, let, me, let me share this story here, because um, this is when it really all shifted for me. This this really this moment in time, and at some point I'll get into the details of the story. But um, I ended up uh, giving my heart to Christ when I was uh, about ten years old on a on an Easter Sunday, um, and I lived in a very difficult household. My father was a retired drill instructor, and he treated the household like such. Um, and over time, life got difficult. Siblings moved out. I'll go into details another time. But long story short, I moved out of that household when I was 16, 15, about to turn 16 years old. I moved to with my father. I ended up getting back into the church. And then at 18 years old, I got baptized. And uh, at 18, about to turn 19, I moved across country. I was living in Jacksonville, Florida, or Orange Park, or Gainesville, Florida at the time. Moved to San Diego, California. And for about six, five to six years, I made a fool with my life. I was following the wrong things. I was following, trying to follow money, trying to follow making a big business, trying to follow making a name for myself, trying to uh, follow these different ideas just to, to make, maybe make myself look good, um, going out with friends, drinking all the time, uh, really wasting my life away. And over the course of that time, there were also times where I got had run-ins with the law where, where I was doing sketchy things. And, and, and I remember I, I got to a point, I was 24 years old, and I was in a broken, probably, I don't want to say the most broken place, but it was, it was, it was up there. Uh, and I was at this pivot point in my life. I was 24, about to turn 25. I was at this pivot point where I had to, I had to make a decision of what I, was, what I was going to do with the rest of my life. And I remember God, I'll never forget this moment, God showed me his perspective of my life over the past over that past five to six years. And basically what it was like this cycle of following him, trusting him, walking in his will, getting close and intimate. Life would be good. I would be in a good place. Not necessarily every little thing in a row, but at the end of the day, like I was at peace with my heart. I was in a good place. And then I would start following my own way. I would start doing my own thing. I would start avoiding and disregarding his principles and his practices and his ideas for my life, and it would ruin my life. And then I would be in a dark place. And then I would end up turning back to him, and he would restore my life, and then I would start following his way, his will in my life. And then life would get better. And then I would fall away, 
And then I would start disregarding his principles and practices. And literally, it was this cycle. It was like four to five times I walked in this cycle. And I, I was at a place where I was in that place of peace, in that place of of joy, in that place of, like, this is where I'm supposed to be. And God showed me that. Because I was on the brink of following my own way again. I was on the brink of following my own principles and practices, my own teachings, my ideas, what I wanted. And, and, and God said, this is going to be your life for the rest of your life. And I had to make a decision. And I know somebody is listening, somebody is watching that has to make that same decision, that hasn't made that decision, or maybe made a half-hearted decision, which is, are you going to surrender? Are you going to surrender and give that up and give that all to him? You have a choice. You have a decision. And so I sat there, and I asked myself, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I made a promise for the rest of my life. From that moment on, I will always follow God's will for the rest of my life. No matter what, no matter how difficult it is, no matter how frustrating it is, no matter how confusing it is, like that's what I'm going to do. And from that point on, yeah, I can point to struggles. Yeah, I can point to tribulations, but I can tell you this. It was the, be- the second best decision of my life. The first best was giving my heart. The second best decision was giving my will. So let's, let's continue on here. So be, be careful how you, how you build upon it. Here, here's the key verse. Verse 11. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid. And what was laid? What was put down, what was founded upon, which is Jesus Christ. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So what Paul is saying is, there is no such thing as a true foundation unless it's Jesus. Like, that's it. Like, there's no other example or thing you can exchange out or idea that you can have or a person or thing or idea or even a creative purpose in your mind or heart that, that can replace Jesus. Like, there's nothing that can replicate, like, the foundation of Christ in your life because that is going to be able to sustain anything and everything. And some of you are thinking, but what are you talking about? My life's pretty good. But, like I, I, you might run, a, I might run, you might run a successful business. You might run a successful ministry. You might run a, you might be living the life of of your quote unquote dreams. And so, in your perspective, like I don't even know what you're talking about. 
Like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, the foundation I seem to be living on seems to be pretty good. So, so you think. Let, let's continue on here a little bit in verse 12. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose, the day of the Lord, the day of judgment, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. So, so the, the reality of it, no matter what you've done, whether you think it's good or bad, there's going to be a, a fire, a purifying, a revealing and purifying and cleansing fire that for everything that we've done in our life will reveal and will test to see if it has built, been built on the right foundation. And, he, and here's the conclusion here. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. So what Paul is saying here is that if you've built the most successful business, but it's not founded on Jesus, it will be burned up. I love the analogy about babies that when they're born in the world, their fists are clenched. And then whenever we pass away, our palms are open. You can build the most successful business in the world, but unless it's done for Jesus and founded on him, it will be burned up. It will not make the impact that you think. Like, I don't know if you guys know this, but this world's passing away. Is not going to be forever. In James, it says, we are here but for a mist. Man, I, it hit me like a stone of... A pile of bricks. I, I remember I was going into work one day. And I get a text from my aunt who said, my cousin had passed away at 20 years old. She randomly had a heart attack or a heart failure. And she was gone. And I remember weeping, thinking, like, just praying, Lord, would you have mercy on her soul, hoping that she had given her, her life to Christ, that her foundation was Jesus. Because in, in that moment, when at 20 years old, with an unexpected, at, at an unexpected moment, she, I, I remember she was hanging out with her boyfriend. They were playing board games at night, just having fun, enjoying life. She was close to graduating college. Such a smart and beautiful person. I loved her so much. I spent so much time with her as a kid. And at 20 years old, she was gone. Whatever thing or idea that she thought was worth building her life upon, it, it wasn't. And so for, for those of you that are building your life on finances, 
First of all, if it's not biblical practices, you might be suffering. But even let's say you are following the following practices, right, which lead to a good storehouse, which lead to a having a stable stable finances and having a level of um, financial success. At the end of the day, you're not taking that with you. You're not taking that money with you. Like, that's gone. And you're like, oh, well, I'm passing on to my, my kids. Guess what? If, if they don't recognize this, it will fade away for them too. It's not going to last forever. And so, so basically, there's, there's three categories of people. There are those that have built their life on Jesus. And their life looks as a result of it. A sturdy house that will not break against the wind or the waves. A sturdy house. And when they pass, it will be revealed that they built their life on the right foundation. And then there are those that don't build their life on the foundation, but they do recognize the principles and practices that could lead them to a successful life on this earth. Because regardless of what you might believe, like the principles that Jesus taught will change your life for the positive. It will change your life in a positive way. It's not just, it's not, he's not just teaching some things that are only for spiritual purposes. There are real, real earthly and practical purposes for what Jesus is taught. And so there are those of you that, that are building your life with right principles and practices. And so their house does seem to look good, but it either falls apart midway or you pass away and recognize it was all built on nothing. And then there are those of you, which was me for a very long time, which did not build their life on the right foundation and did not build their life with the right principles and practices. And from top to bottom, you're in a place where you're asking God, like, what? some of you might be a place where you're asking, why am I even here? What am I even doing? And I've, I've had too many of those conversations with myself, too many of those conversations with God. So that, that's, I don't want to drag on. I want these to be a reasonable length. But, but here's, here's the point of, the, of this second podcast is I, I want you to ask yourself, what is the foundation that you're building your life upon? What is it? Is it a relationship? You know how many times I thought that being in the right relationship with the right person would change my life? It would complete me. It would fill me. It would satisfy me. Let me tell you this. There's not a single person you could be with that can sustain that amount of weight. Maybe for a period of time, but it will always fold. Some of you might be businesses, might be business success. And that foundation might have you live in a, build ho- a big house, but 
Your marriage might be falling apart. Your kids might not have a good relationship with you. And you're definitely not going to be in a place where God says, well done, my good and faithful servant. (laughs) Maybe it's in a career. Maybe it's in a job, you know, especially for those that are younger, you're leaving college or getting into college or getting, leaving high school, whatever your, your age is. Um, or even if you're making a career shift at 50 years old and you're like, man, if I just make this career shift, like this will change my life. But ultimately, is that really going to matter when you pass? One of my favorite quotes is by C.T. Studd. He says, only one life to live will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Like, that's it. It's only what we do for Jesus. That's the only thing that's going to last. That's the only thing that's going to sustain you through this life and the next. That's the only thing that's going to bring you the amount of joy and passion and peace and fulfillment and contentment and this holistic life that can sustain every single avenue. It can sustain your finances, sustain your marriage. It can sustain your, your purpose and your drive and your relationships, every, even your health, every single thing in your life. Jesus can bear the weight of. And so what I want to ask you is the, the, the real question of can your life, can you, the foundation that you are putting your life upon sustain you the way that Jesus has sustained others for the past 2,000 years? And even those that came before Jesus recognized they needed somebody to save them. They needed somebody to be able to lift this weight of life because the truth is the works that we do cannot sustain it. It's not going to bring us to that place that we are looking for. And you have to ask yourself the question that I had to do when I was 24 years old, which is what now? Am I going to keep building my life upon my own ideas, my own will, or am I going to surrender that to him? And I'm telling you, if you make that decision, he will change the rest of your life. If you will start to, if you will surrender that, God will build a foundation in your life that will bring you to the place that you could have only dreamed of. Like, just to put it in perspective, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, if I died today, I would be okay. If I passed away today, like, I'm good. There's not a single other thing good give me that I need. That's the place I want you to be. Complete satisfaction, contentment, peace, hope, joy. Jesus is the foundation. There is no other foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 3.11 So, whoever is listening, 
you need to ask yourself, have I surrendered? Ideas, my will, mistakes, relationships, marriage. And if not, do that today. Have an honest conversation with yourself and have an honest conversation with God. Jesus is the answer. Thank you for listening to episode two of the Builders Project podcast. I'm your host, David Narvaez. It's not about David. It's all about Jesus. I love you all. I'll see you next week talking about the tools and practices. See ya.